0: Today on Locked On Mariners, I rush to air without putting a script together because I'm excited to talk about a no-hitter, even though the Mariners were on the wrong side of it. Welcome to Locked On Mariners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here's your host, D.C. Lundberg. Thank you, J.M. That is Joey Martin for those scoring at home. And I am D.C. Lundberg, even though Joey Martin just told you that. Welcome to this no-hit edition of Locked On Mariners, ladies and gentlemen, part of the Locked On Podcast Network or T-L-O-P-N, or Tlop, and I'm in a great mood today. Please remember to download, rate, and follow this program using whichever podcasting app that you personally care to use. Ask your smart device to play Locked on Mariner's podcast or any program here on Tlop, and so simple to do and so much fun. Just say, hey, smart device, play Locked on Mariner's podcast. You can be demanding, you can be polite. I don't think the machine gives a crap. Yes, gang, I am in a great mood today, but before we start talking about the no-hitter, if you're the type of baseball fan that can't help but get giddy over prospects, we have the perfect podcast for you. Locked on MLB Prospects, oddly enough, hosted by minor league play-by-play voice Aram Layton. Pardon me. It is the only daily podcast devoted entirely to the stars of tomorrow. Follow Locked on MLB Prospects on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. Can't you tell I'm in a great mood, ladies and gentlemen? You'd think I'd be disappointed that the Mariners were just no hit, but actually, I'm not. And I'm even kind of surprising myself. Um... You know, what can you do? Some, John Means was just so good. No one was getting to him yesterday. We'll kind of get into the numbers here in just a bit. Actually, we'll get into them right now. He did face the minimum. The only blip on his radar was a uh, wild pitch strikeout on which Telegram Sam Haggerty reached first base, and then he was caught stealing. Second base, I believe that's his first career caught. It was his first career caught stealing. That was in the third inning, and J.P. Crawford ended that particular inning on a flyout. So Means winds up facing the minimum twenty-seven batters, and among those twenty-seven batters, he pitched first pitch strikes to twenty-six of them. Yeah, he was that good. I mean, even though the Mariners' offense has been honestly borderline pathetic lately nobody was touching John Means he he was that good even a good offensive team wasn't going to touch him Means struck out 12 obviously did not walk anybody didn't really give the mirrors a chance to take a walk he was mixing his pitch as well as most pitching you'll see that most pitchers when they have a good performance do mix their pitches well he he, he He was just untouchable. There's just no other way to put it. He was as good as he could have been. On the flip side, Yusei Kikuchi turned in another very, very good effort. He went seven innings and gave up five hits, three runs. All of them were earned. Only walked one, and he struck out seven. He gave up a home run to Pat Valaika in the seventh inning on a cut fastball that was in off the plate. And Velika was able to put it into the – just past the foul pole. You got to give Velika credit on that one. He hit a good pitch. And, again, sometimes all you can do is tip your hat and try to go get him next time. But the Mariners are not going to face the Orioles again this season, so they'll have to wait until next year. Aaron Fletcher was brought in in the uh, eighth inning, making his first appearance of this season, and he picked up right where he left off last season, which is not good news. Three hits, three runs, all of them earned, one home run, which was basically a no-doubter. He's got a lot of moving pieces to his delivery. And he's one of the few relievers modern day that I can think of that has a full windup that comes out of the bullpen with a full windup. Usually with relief pitchers, they only work out of the stretch because oftentimes they're used to coming in with runners on base. But that's kind of beside the point. The point that I'm going to make is that Aaron Fletcher has a lot of moving pieces to his delivery, whether it's out of the windup or out of the stretch. And when a pitcher has that many moving pieces to his delivery, it's very easy for a pitcher like that to go off kilter. One little mechanical flaw can just set the whole thing, can just ruin the whole thing, leading to an inconsistent release point and control problems. And I think that's what Fletcher's problem has been. And that's not something that should be refined in a three to nothing game. It should be refined at the minor league level. Tacoma's season starts on Thursday. He hasn't pitched. Aside from spring training, since the regular season last year, he hasn't had time to work on his mechanics, and from what I can see, that's been his biggest problem. But again, Triple A Tacoma season starts on Thursday, and I don't know if he is going to be sent down after this performance or not. That obviously remains to be seen. L.J. Newsom came in for the final inning, uh, didn't allow any base runners, and struck out two. It was a three nothing game in the eighth inning until Fletcher came in and they made it six nothing. And that kind of took some of the pressure off John Means in a way. Anytime a pitcher has a no-hitter, it's almost better that he's pitching a close game because he has to keep his team in the game. And with a six-run lead late in the game like that, Means didn't have that type of pressure on him, which can sometimes be detrimental to no-hitters. And I thought as if he was starting to lose some of his command kind of towards the middle of the eighth inning during Tom Murphy's at-bat – but he still managed to, you know, not allow any hits, and he was very good in the ninth inning. He threw 113 pitches total, 79 of them were strikes. That's just an enormous ratio. What else can be said except congratulations to John Means on just an utterly dominating performance? The time of game was less than two and a half hours as well, two hours, 25 minutes, in front of 6,742 fans in. The ballpark whose name I refuse to mention. Manners are going to have an off day tomorrow to kind of regroup, so to speak. And then they are headed to where they headed. I think Texas. Let me get this up. This is what happens when I don't have a script here, ladies and gentlemen. Yep, they face the Rangers in Arlington beginning May 7th. And that is a three-game series. And then they have an off day on Monday. So hopefully they can regroup. And maybe being no hit will kind of, you know, kick them in the behind a little bit and hopefully kind of spur them on to try to correct... The problems that they got. What they're doing right now just is not working. But I'm not going to spend the rest of the show harping on the Mariner offense. I'm not going to spend the rest of the show, you know, kind of nitpicking here and there. I'm going to turn a negative into a positive. And in the next block, it'll be no hitter trivia, both regarding the Baltimore Orioles and Seattle Mariners, obviously. And in C block, locked on Orioles host Connor Newcomb will join us to talk about Means Performance. And again, since the next block is going to be but trivia, there will not be a trivia corner today. Instead, I'm just going to go right into the advertisement uh, f- uh, from Built Bar, the greatest protein bars in the history of bars. They have 18 delicious flavors, each of, one, each of which do taste great. I'm doing this without a script, also, ladies and gentlemen. My favorites are peanut butter, brownie, the mint brownie is also fantastic, raspberry, orange, German chocolate cake. Obviously, there are flavors that I like more than others, but they are all. Good. They're high in protein and fiber and low in calories and sugar. You can try them for yourself at BuiltBar.com. Order the variety box, which you get a little of everything, one of each of the 18 flavors, or compile a box of the the three flavors you would most like to try. If you use promo code LOCKED15 at checkout, you get 15% off your order, oddly enough. See how that works out? LOCKED15, 15% 15 off. (laughs) Isn't that great? What am I doing? BuiltBar.com Promo code LOCKED15 For 15% off your order Of the greatest protein bars In the history of protein Built Bar Add slogan here Oh, wait, sorry Also, this word from uh, Blue Nile is, again, no trivia corner today since the rest of the episode is going to be trivia. This episode is brought to you by 1010 as well. It's a capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced limited edition designs at fair price points. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Rings that are sure to bring joy into her life. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring ideal for engagement. Mother's Day or simply a beautiful conversation piece they're the perfect way to bring light into her life ladies and gentlemen. They're available now through Mother's Day only at BlueNile.com just search the words 10 by 10 this collection features high quality fine jewelry that will surprise and delight and fairly priced so you can give her something special and truly meaningful if you're on the hunt for the perfect unique ring she'll treasure forever you're definitely going to want to check this out. They won't be around long so find them now by searching the words 10 by 10 only at BlueNile.com .com Welcome back to Lockdown Mariners. Here once again is your host, DC Lundberg. Thank you very much, Joey Martin. Back to this sort of off the cuff edition of Locked On Mariners, so to speak. I don't have any sort of script. I'm kind of flying by the seat of my pants. So, yeah, kind of forgive me if I kind of mumble and stutter a little bit more than I ordinarily do. I have much more of an outline ordinarily than I do today. I have some notes here about some no hit trivia, some dates, and whatnot, because there are some interesting parallels between this no hitter and the previous ones that have been pitched. In Seattle. The previous no hitter for the Mariners was James Paxton in Toronto. And the last time the Mariners were no hit was in Houston. And that was in 2019, and I'm trying to find the game. Here it is, August 3rd, 2019. That was a combined no-hitter, started by Aaron Sanchez. Will Harris was a reliever in that one. Joe Biagini and Chris Davinsky also played in that uh, 9-0 victory over the Seattle Mariners, in which the Mariners did not get a hit. They walked four times. Aaron Sanchez walked two, Will Harris walked one, and Joe Biagini also walked one. One Marco Gonzalez was a starter in that one and didn't have a great Marco Gonzalez game that we're used to seeing. Marco Gonzalez has trouble pitching in Houston for some reason. There is always one ballpark and one team against whom a pitcher is going to struggle. And for Marco, it seems to be the Houston Astros. But in any case, uh, the previous time that the Mariners had been no-hit solo uh, was Philip Umber's Perfecto in 2012. There were three no-hitters in Seattle in 2012. And the combined no-hitter... Is the only no hitter in Safeco Field slash Barbie's Dream Park history that was a night game. That all all but that one have been day games, which which is which is very interesting. The previous no hitter in Baltimore Orioles history was a combined no hitter uh, in 1991. It was July 13th, 1991. Bob Malacchi started that game for the Orioles. He wound up later pitching for the Mariners. He went six innings and walked three. The late Mike Flanagan pitched the next inning, walked one hitter. Then Mark Williamson came in and faced the minimum of three batters. And then the Orioles' closer at the time, Greg Olson, set down the A's 1-2-3 in the ninth inning to preserve the combined no-hitter. It was a 2-0 victory for Oakland. Oakland starter Eric Schau, the late Eric Schau, pitched seven, gave up five hits and allowed two runs and only one one walk. He did give up a home run. Eric Schau was at the end of his career at that time. Eric Shaw's most famous for giving up Pete Rose's record-breaking hit. The uh, previous no-hitter, which was a solo effort uh, by the Baltimore Orioles, occurred in 1969, and that was also against Oakland, but it was a home game for them. It was Wednesday, August 13th, 1969. and it was pitched by Hall of Famer Jim Palmer. He went all nine innings, struck out eight, and walked six, it was an 8-0 victory for the Orioles that day. It wasn't really close. Starter for the A's was Chuck Dobson. Goes four innings. He went four innings. Gave up three runs on six hits. They were all earned. Vida Blue came in for two in the third innings of relief, and he wasn't very good. He uh, uh, allowed three hits and four runs. Only walked one where Do- Dobson allowed four walks. The first no-hitter in Baltimore Orioles history... Well, it occurred when they were the St. Louis Browns, and it was a 5-1 five, five to one victory in Detroit on August 30th, 1912, and it was pitched by a man named Earl Hamilton, who allowed one run on two walks and obviously no hits. Uh, the play-by-play of the game has been lost to time, so we're not exactly sure how that run scored. Pitching for the Tigers that day was a man named John Dubuque, J-E-A-N-D-U-B-U-C and he also pitched a complete game, allowed nine hits, five runs, four walks, and he struck out five. Hamilton, by the way, did not strike out any Detroit Tigers. I mean, it was over a hundred years ago; such a different time. And the game time was one hour and thirty-five minutes. The attendance was two thousand one hundred fifty. That's just slightly more than a, than attended the uh, Spokane Indians home opener last night. <laughs> and on a good night, the Indians will, you know, triple that capacity and and Tiger Stadium at that time was called Naven Field so that's the first no-hitter in the history of the Baltimore Orioles franchise four of them came as the St. Louis Browns six of them have come as the Baltimore Orioles with the most recent of course being uh today John means. This is already the third no hitter in Major League Baseball this season, and in those three no hitters, there has not been one base on balls issued, at least by the pitcher who threw the no hitter. The previous two no hitters were both ruined by hit by pitches late in the ball game, and this no hitter today was ruined by a dropped third strike, which <laughs> it's just so odd. I mean, three no hitters. This early in the season is unusual enough, but then to have no bases on balls issued in those three no-hitters is just so bizarre. I, there's, there's nothing really else to say about that, but it's just very, a very, very interesting trivia item related to all three no-hitters which have been pitched this season. The Mariners really have not been no-hit very often for a team that's been around since 1977. They've been no-hit only five times, and only one of them occurred at home. Well, they've now been no-hit six times, and they've been no-hit twice at home today and Philip Umber's Perfecto back in 2012. The first time they were no-hit didn't occur until 1990. Their expansion brethren, the Toronto Blue Jays, were no-hit in 1981, by Len Barker, but the first time the Mariners were no-hit was April 11th, 1990, and it was just the third game of that season, and it was in Anaheim Stadium in Anaheim, California, and it was a combined no-hitter started by former Mariner Mark Langston. He pitched the first seven innings, struck out three, and allowed four walks. Mike Witt pitched the final two innings for the Angels and allowed two strikeouts and faced the minimum. 6 batters. Starting that day for the Mariners was Eric Hansen, who only pitched 5 innings. He walked 3 and struck out 6, but he didn't allow a walk or a run. Uh, Gary Eve... Um, who is a man I've actually never heard of, quite honestly, pitched the next one and one two-thirds innings, gave up one earned run on two hits and three walks, and then Keith Comstock pitched the final one and two-thirds innings and struck out two and didn't allow anything beyond that. So this was a one nothing victory for the Angels that day great pitchers duel it looked like even though there were kind of a a, you know a few walks here and there so maybe not a true pitchers duel but certainly a very low scoring ball game early in that season And the next time the Mariners were no-hit was in Yankee Stadium on May fourteenth, nineteen 1996. Dwight Gooden no-hitting the Mariners, nine innings for him, six walks, and five strikeouts. Sterling Hitchcock started for the Mariners that day, five and two-thirds innings for him, six hits, two runs both of them earned, and four walks, three strikeouts. Mike Jackson, Tim Davis, and Edwin Hurtado pitched the remainder of the game scoreless. So this was a 2-0 victory for the New York Yankees. Philip Umbers-Perfecto we already mentioned from 2012. And we also mentioned the previous time the Mariners had been no-hit, which was August 3, 2019 in Houston. That was the second time the Mariners had been no-hit that year. They had been previously no-hit July 12, 2019, in Anaheim Stadium, and that was the emotional game following Tyler Skagg's passing. It was supposed to be his turn in the rotation. Taylor Cole pitched the first two innings for the Angels, struck out two and faced the minimum. Then Felix Pena Pena, pitched the next seven innings, struck out six, and allowed only one walk. Mike Leake started for the Mariners and only managed to go two thirds of an inning. This game basically was over after Mike Trout, the second hitter of the game, hit that home run. You knew that the Angels were just going to put together a special performance for their fallen teammate, and boy, did they do just that. They scored 13 runs and again did not allow a hit. And the scene of the Angels placing all of their jerseys on the pitcher's mound, all of which bore Skagg's name and uniform number 45 on them, is something that I will never forget. And it's one of the few times that I have rooted against the Mariners. After Trout hit that home run, and I figured that the game was over then, I was pulling for the Angels at that time. I'm glad that they did something very special to celebrate their fallen teammate. If you have a question or comment, I encourage you to send it in to lockedonmariners at gmail.com, and I'll address it on the air in a future mailbag episode. Questions and comments on any subject are welcome and encouraged. It need not be about baseball. It need not be about sports. Anything at all, sent to lockedonmariners at gmail.com. Coming up, what will Locked On Orioles host, Connor Newcomb, have to say about today's no-hitter? Maybe it'll be Blarg Blag Bloggity Blorp yeah probably not but first this word from bet online the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action baseball season is in full swing and you can track all the action at bet online and lest you forget the PBA playoffs are underway and the women's world curling championships are going to wind down this weekend no broadcast coverage until tomorrow ah you know what can you do very disappointing but get all the latest news odds and info for all your sporting needs including MLB NBA NHL and all your UFC slash MMA action I have a lot of trouble reading all those initials in a row and I think I got through it okay before the next pitch head on over to bet online on your laptop or mobile device to check out all the great sporting news sign up bonuses and contest info don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get in on the game as the team prep for their runs to the playoffs again it's may 5th they're gonna start prepping for their runs later but yeah get on, on the action anyway gang because the season is underway head on over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online your online sportsbook experts promo code locked on all one word Now back to Locked on Mariners and your host, D.C. Lundberg. Yes, indeed. We're back here on Locked on Mariners, and we have a very special guest with us. It is the host of Locked on Orioles. Hmm, why do I have him on today? Math. It's Connor Newcomb, host of Locked on Orioles. Mr. Newcomb, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing great, uh, especially after uh, what just happened in (laughs) Seattle. But uh, thanks, DC, for having me on.
0: Absolutely. It's a pleasure to have you on. We have not had a a chance to uh, speak as of yet, so it's nice to meet you. I want to get your reaction on Means' performance today. I thought that nobody was going to touch him. The Mariners have been struggling offensively. Even a good offense wasn't touching Means today, I don't think.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's the big thing. I mean, obviously, you know, the the Mariners have some holes in their offense, as do the Orioles, Um, but, you know, I mean he's facing you know a team like like the Dodgers like the Yankees it feels like he would have had a maybe not a no-hitter but a similar type of dominant performance I mean you get the 12 strikeouts uh, which is you know matched a career high as well it's not like he Um, You know, was getting a lot of you know lucky line drives and you know a lot of fly balls. Uh, He had only one hard hit ball against him the whole day. Um, I believe it was that ball that was hit to the warning track in left field in the eighth inning. Uh, That was the only hard hit ball the whole day. Um, And it was a lot of swings and misses, a lot of soft contact, a lot of pop ups. Um, But I mean, you know, it's just been building to this for John Means. He's been getting better and better. And you know, since being an 11th round pick back in 2014 and, you know, almost leaving baseball when he was kind of stuck in double-A in the Orioles system, uh, he is now an ace. Um, And and I think, you know, I would hope that most baseball fans knew about John Means before today because of, you know, how good he was early this season and the fact that he was an all-star in 2019. Mm -hmm. But those who didn't know about him, I'm very happy that now they do um, and can now open them up to see how good John Means really is. I didn't realize he was, A, that late round of a draft pick, and B,
0: Almost retired. That reminds me of a story of another pitcher who wound up being close to an ace with the Red Sox of the 1980s, Bruce Hurst, who almost hung up his spikes after he was kind of languishing in Triple A Pawtucket for a while and actually did leave the team for a couple of days. Came back and then was called up later in that season and then never went back to the minors. But we're getting off topic a little bit. I think every I think that Means may have put himself on the map, so to speak, today. I thought that ball that Kyle Lewis hit late may have been leaving the yard. It obviously did not. And the look on Means' face as it was kind of flying out there was kind of one of disappointment. Like, is this the end of my no-hitter? Thankfully for him and the Orioles, it was not. But uh, tell us a little bit more about uh, John Means, if you would, please.
1: Yeah, so for John Means, you know, what you saw today... Um, was his changeup at its best, and that has been his best pitch. Back in 2019, uh, Means got called up at the end of 2018 as a September call-up. He pitched, you know, one game, three innings out of the bullpen. Didn't look great. You know, just they kind of gave him a chance. 2019, he made the team out of the bullpen, out of spring training, and after three or four appearances, was immediately into the rotation. He was basically a fastball changeup guy that year, and you know he's since you know upped his velocity on his four-seamer, developed his curveball and slider better, but he will always go. To that changeup. He got 14 swings and misses on, on that changeup today. I mean, that is a ridiculous number. Yeah. Uh, there's a, a stat called strike and whiff percentage. It's the the percentage of pitches you throw that either end up as a called strike or a swing and a miss. Of the 35 changeups he threw, 18 of them called strike and whiff. That is 51%. Uh, 30% is considered a good day. Uh, so he was getting, I mean the change up was all over. And, and, and the thing about it, you know, he's a lefty. You would think he would struggle against righties. His change up is why he does well against righties. That thing fades, you know, down and away from the right handers. That's how he got all those righties in the Mariners lineup out today. And He's a really frustrating guy to watch your team get dominated by because he throws so many of those change-ups and he's not blowing 100 by you. He's not dropping, you know, a Kershaw-type slider in there right. that, you know, you don't see until the last minute. Change-ups, change change-ups, I feel, are the most frustrating pitch to not be able to hit, and that's what he does to you. And, you know, he's, he's been building to this. He makes the all-star team in 19 as the Orioles' only all-star. He doesn't even pitch in the game. Then in 2020, you know, he's ready to to take that next step. His velocity's up at 95 and his dad passes away right at the beginning of the 2020 season. Yeah. And uh, he had to miss some time. His head wasn't in it for a while. He had a really bad start to his season. Then his last four starts of 2020, he was dominant. Um actually set his career high with 12 strikeouts against the Rays at the end of last year, and he brought that momentum into this year. And all of a sudden he's got a one three seven ERA and it all built to a, to a day like this.
0: You mentioned the that he's the type of frustrate, type of pitcher who's frustrating to take an 0 for against. It's what's known as a comfortable 0 for 4 because he's not blowing a fastball by you, but he's just getting you out, and you have trouble figuring out why. Um, let's talk about... I want to talk about some of the me- other members of the Orioles here for just a second. I've been very impressed with Mr. Cedric Mullins. After Monday's action, he was leading the American League in base hits with 38. Right now, he's tied for the lead with 39, it looks to me like he's been not only one of the more consistent performers on the Orioles, but one of the more consistent performers in the American League, and he's playing well above his career averages. What can we expect from Mr. Mullins here going
1: forward? Well, I can tell you why. You, know, you see a guy hitting this well after you know, struggling and going back and forth between you know, AAA and the majors, and you, you ask yourself, you know, how does he have this good of a month? Mm-hmm. He made a huge change this offseason. He was a switch hitter in um, this offseason he finally said I'm done hitting right-handed oh. and he went from a switch hitter to a pure left-handed hitter he was a career 140 hitter from the right side yeah, yeah that's a good he reason was like a to change two, yeah he was a career 250ish hitter from the left side you know he had done well against righties from the left mm-hmm. side but he just could he had one career extra base hit from the right side and you know he'd been in the majors for a little while yeah. that is a, a pretty damning number yeah. right there And so apparently in 2018, Buck Showalter, when he was still the manager of the Orioles, had actually told Cedric Mullins, I think you should stop switch hitting. Mullins kind of brushed it off. Then, you know, Showalter was let go. And it took him until this year to finally do it. And here we are. He was leading the uh, American League in hits. I believe he was leading Major League Baseball in hits. The big thing that has been so great for Mullins is not just, you know, that he has five home runs, which is, you know, a better power output that you would expect from, you know, a smaller, speedier center fielder. He is leading the league in hits against lefties. Remember, this is a guy who never hit left on lefty until this year because he was a switch hitter, and he's leading the league left on left. That's where he's doing most of his damage, and it's just really fun to watch.
0: That's amazing. Never facing left-handed pitching as a left-handed hitter and doing that well blows my mind, quite honestly. That's just about going to do it, Mr. Newcomb. Where can the uh, people out there find you on social media if they are so inclined?
1: Yeah, you can find me at Connor Newcomb underscore on Twitter and, of course, our podcast at Locked on Orioles on Twitter. Um, for uh, more reaction, if uh, you Mariners fans maybe want to uh, make yourself feel a little bit worse, you can listen to uh, our Thursday episode, <laughs> which we'll talk all about John Means' is no-hitter.
0: <laughs> That's basically all I talked about in the first, uh, first segment and then the second segment was nothing but no-hitter trivia. So I didn't even talk about the Mariners' win on Tuesday, which I fully planned to do but there's a no-hitter, so to hell with it. Thanks again, Mr. Newcomb, for joining us. Joining me tomorrow on this program, ladies and gentlemen, Locked On Mayors contributor John Miller will be here, and I have absolutely no idea what we're going to talk about. Joining us will be Skippy Handelman, Brandon the Wonder Dog, and a tin of Curiously Strong Breath mints. Please remember to download, rate, and follow Locked On Mariners. Look for us on any podcasting app that you can think of. Leave a rating and review if your podcasting app of choice so allows. I hope you enjoyed today's ballgame, ladies and gentlemen. Even though the Mariners were on the wrong side of a no-hitter, no-hitter is still very, very special. Have a great day, gang. This is Joey Martin for Locked On Mariners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.